0: You are listening to the Fresh Focus podcast, where VA dietitian nutritionists are serving up health and wellness information for veterans and their families. In addition to being in clinic, chatting over the phone, or using Video Connect, we are taking a new approach to increase your access with this podcast, sharing bites of information from your dietitians when it's convenient for you. March is National Nutrition Month, and this year's theme is Personalize Your Plate. Before grabbing our own plates, let's take a minute to recognize the empty chair at our table, representing veterans that are no longer here to speak their voice. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to nutrition and health. We are all unique with different bodies, goals, backgrounds, and tastes. Get ready for some helpful tips on building a plate that is as special and individualized as you are. Hello, everyone. My name is Megan Rivenberg, and I am a dietetic intern at the Bay Pines VA in Florida. I'm very excited to be here today with PJ Pivick, an outpatient dietitian here at Bay Pines, who is also a certified specialist in obesity and weight management. Throughout this episode, PJ is going to answer some frequently asked questions when it comes to eating for sustainable weight loss, so you can walk away with some great ideas on how to personalize your plate if weight loss is a goal of yours. Hi, PJ, and welcome. Before we get started, do you want to take a minute to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, yes, and thank you for having me, Megan. Um, A little bit about myself. I am Florida, born and raised. I'm an avid runner and a reader, uh, and I had the pleasure of getting my education at Florida State University. Then I moved down south to St. Petersburg in the Bay Pines VA healthcare system, where I currently work in the PACT, which is uh, with primary care physicians, and have for the previous eight years. And throughout those eight years, I have worked with the MOVE program, which is our weight management program here, both in introductory classes and long-term classes. To help me with that, I did pick up my certification of obesity and weight management a couple of years back because there is so much information, misinformation in this, uh, this field.
0: So to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about energy balance and why nutrition is such an important piece of the weight management equation?
1: Yes, of course. So whenever I meet with someone individually, uh, I do always ask if they are a numbers person because uh, weight management is largely about math and numbers. Uh, The entire idea hinges upon calories, which are also fuel, uh, and how much you're taking in versus how much you're burning up. I'll often pull up a weight graph for someone and look back to see what their weight trend is. And that way we can have an objective conversation about, okay, so for the last few years we can see because you've been gaining weight, you've been taking in more calories than you've been burning up. Uh, there's a lot of factors in weight gain versus weight loss. But what you do have control over is what you eat and how much you exercise. And there are some studies to say about uh, weight loss is about 75% what you eat and 25% exercise. Now I know that's going to change from person to person, but trust me, it's uh, hard to outrun your fork. You can eat 500 calories a lot quicker than you can burn it off.
0: So what about people who want to lose weight but have a big appetite? I know a lot of people wouldn't feel full if they just ate what they normally eat, but in smaller portions.
1: Absolutely. Hunger is uncomfortable, uh, and it is not realistic to be hungry all the time. And that's where we got to focus on both the quality and the quantity piece of what we eat. There's something called satiety index, uh, which basically means what are the nutrients that make us feel the most full for the longest? Uh, and all that points towards is fiber and protein. So we really emphasize fiber and protein when we were putting meal plans together. And another, uh, kind of a joke in the nutrition world is if you don't know the answer, small frequent meals is supposed to help, um, so I tell people to make that easier, uh, five to six small meals per day. Just eat what you normally are going to eat, but cut it in half and have the other half two to three hours later. Just by spreading it out, you never get to the point where you're overly hungry and start having cravings. And that's another part, too, is hunger versus cravings. Believe it or not, your stomach actually puts out um, digestive acids at even the sight or the thought of food. Uh, So if you've got like candy dishes all around you at work, at home, um, of course you're going to be hungry because you're going to be thinking about that food. You're going to be around that food. You're going to see it. You're going to think about how it tastes. There is an entire branch of nutrition called intuitive eating, which uh, Megan's actually very familiar with. It's all about um, really connecting in with your body, feeling the satisfaction of food, feeling whether or not you are actually hungry. There's hunger scales involved. That as well as another obstacle is some long-standing habits that we've created over our entire lives. I mean, we work with military veterans, and in the military, it's first in, first out. You got to eat everything on your plate. Um, for a lot of uh, uh, the older generation, cleaning your plate was a requirement as a kid. Now that food's not quite as scarce, it's not necessarily the obstacle, and not necessarily the best approach to eating either. So, uh, a lot, a lot to overcome in this, in this area.
0: Do you have any suggestions for ways to add volume to meals or snacks?
1: Yes. So putting you on the spot a little bit, one cup of cooked rice, how many calories?
0: I think about 200.
1: Exactly. So around 200 calories for one cup of cooked rice. What about one cup of any non-starchy vegetable? We'll go with broccoli for this example.
0: I think a lot less than 200
1: probably. Yes, around 30. 31 calories specifically. So that's six times less calories for the exact same volume of food. I mentioned fiber a little bit earlier. We consume about half the amount of fiber as Americans that we're supposed to and it is one that is supposed to make us feel the most full. So the average American diet, 10 to 15 grams of fiber, the recommendation depending on um, your age and whether or not you're male or female, 25 to 38 grams of fiber. The CDC actually said that 1 in 10 people consume enough fruits and vegetables uh, as well, which uh, is another way to add a lot of volume to food, add plant-based meals. So me and my girlfriend do this goofy thing called uh, Meatless Mondays, and we actually ran the nutrition on the, some butternut squash soup that she had cooked the other night. It had white beans and kale and uh, all kinds of different squash and stuff like that. We came out with around like 120 calories per serving, and I was like, Allie, this is not enough food. Uh, So doing something goofy like meatless Mondays or throwing in some plant-based meals absolutely can add volume without necessarily adding the calories. It can be difficult to add enough calories if you stick with more of the plant-based stuff.
0: I've heard statistics that most people who do fad diets gain the weight back. Why don't fad diets
1: work? Uh, yes. Fad diets are one that come up, uh, I'd say, almost every single day in clinic. Um, and it, it always cracks me up because you hear all kinds of fun stuff about all the vicious things we want to do to fat. Sometimes we want to melt it or freeze it or uh, explode it or do some other violent uh, action upon the fats. But really, when it comes down to it, fad diets often lean on unsustainable habits. They'll either cut out entire food groups or have extreme shifts in eating patterns. And Uh, With any sort of diet that you're going to go on that focuses on weight loss, sustainability is key. Any diet that you are on can work if you stick to it. Um, I wanted to plug the National Weight Control Registry, which is a group of researchers who recruited people who have lost at least 30 pounds for over a year and compiled results on how they did it and what they felt was the most helpful. And whether or not it was low-carb or low-fat, people could be successful. But sticking to it and um, also getting back on the wagon were the most important. And what I mean by that is life happens, people get off track. Food is celebration. Uh, Food is you bring cookies to a new neighbor. You go out to eat with family. It's uh, your opportunity to get out of the house. But whether or not you get off track because life happens... It's how quickly you get back on the diet that was more important for those in the National Weight Control Registry.
0: So you mentioned carbs. For someone who wants to build their plate to support weight loss, is it necessary to cut out carbs?
1: Absolutely not. So this is one of the biggest trends right now is some of the keto and Atkins stuff, and carbs are really vilified, but a lot of times people don't even realize what carbs are and how vast of a category that can be, because not all carbs are created equal, I will say, American diet, we do overemphasize this category. Bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, those are uh, the four that we tend to do the most. I mean, they're cheap, they're easy, and they're delicious, and they're fillers. Uh, But there are so much more to carbs, and also the quantity is probably the bigger key here. When we're talking high-quality carbohydrates, we're talking things like fruit, like beans. There's so many grains out there that people have never tried, like farro, quinoa, barley. Um, you can get with the wild rices or brown rices, sweet potatoes. Really the most important part here is um, how much of your plate is filled up with these and what kind of carbs are they. Because if it's all cookies, crackers, cakes, candies, sodas, um, or if it's all fruit, beans, um, farro, brown rice, sweet potatoes, there's a big difference there. As a runner myself, uh, I'm, I have a particular affinity for carbs and uh, need them on my dish as well. And they can be a, a healthy part of weight loss.
0: I have one more question. What would an ideal plate look like to you to support weight loss?
1: Yes. So this is kind of a fun one because I always have people come into my office and they're like, so what do I eat? We've been eating our entire lives, yet people have no idea what to eat to help themselves. Um, And I make it real simple and simple for the entire family Uh, for especially lunch and dinner. I will tell people, like, look, let's start a list a list of healthy proteins, healthy carbs, and healthy vegetables that they like, that are preferred foods, and then rotate through them. So we do want to fill up um, a quarter of our plate with the protein, a quarter of the plate with the carb, and then half the plate with vegetables. Ideally a nine-inch plate, but it kind of depends on the person. And again, what is going to satisfy them? we got to find that nice satisfaction point, but not overly full. And then try and fill it in with some of the healthier foods, like your fish, your chicken, your turkey. If it swims or flies, it's a lean meat. Um, trying to avoid some of the fried stuff, some of the um, higher fiber carbs, your brown rices, your wild rices, uh, and then a variety of your non-starchy vegetables. And if you are still hungry, wait 15 minutes after uh, you're done with your first plate. Set a timer. It sounds goofy, but it works. Sometimes it takes the mind a little while to talk to the stomach. Um, and then if you're still hungry, go back for the protein and the vegetables if you can. We call that the plate method. Uh, There's a couple different plate methods out there. Uh, There's the government, my plate. um, And then in response to that, Harvard actually put out a healthy eating plate, which was kind of interesting. Uh, Particularly, they eliminated dairy at every single meal and kind of specified on things that go in certain categories to be a healthy eating plate. For me, personally, I really would just uh, recommend a non-caloric beverage, but this is a real nice method, the plate method, for um, keeping foods interesting, keeping meals interesting, and rotating every single week. You can change up sauces, keep an eye on the galleries on those, of course, uh, but that way it can get the family involved, and also there will be a million different combinations out there.
0: Thank you so much, PJ. You gave a lot of really great actionable items that listeners can take away and start to implement in their own lives.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining this series of the Fresh Focus Podcast. We hope you have a great and healthy National Nutrition Month. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast, such as Apple, Spotify, or Transistor. Reviews are also greatly appreciated, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Stay tuned for our next series where we focus on providing nutrition and meal modification tips to the wonderful caregivers that help support our veterans. All of us at Fresh Focus, thank you for listening.